Good morning, everyone. This is Tribecast, episode 36, and my name is Marina. Today we will discuss the angel investor life with Thomas Palman, how ideas are born at the brainstorm corner by Yu Harisanen, uh, and the path of UX designer with Jan Kreber. This is Tribecast, episode 36. My name is Marina. Let's get to the interviews. It's always good to have new faces in the studio, and as far as I remember, we have never had a repeated guest for now, which is great. This is episode 36, and we'll start with a person with whom I was curious to talk to for quite a while, because he's an experienced persona in uh, startup life, and he has experience from both sides as startup entrepreneur and investor. And maybe something else. Let's figure it out together. Hello, Thomas, and thank you very much for dropping by to our cozy studio at P47 today. Thanks, Marina. So my name is Thomas Palman. Great to be here uh, talking about my experience. So uh, nowadays I'm between a startup entrepreneur and an angel investor. So the startups are real-life startups at home. So I have a two-year-old kid there, an accelerator part for that, and one in incubation. So coming uh, out January and on my daily life, then I work as an angel investor. And my background is uh, from startups. So I started a couple of companies, uh, one in 2006 and one in 2011 and exited those three, four years ago. And since then, I've uh, been with the kiddies and, and, and also then a little bit hopping as an angel investor. I like how you put it, because usually when I ask people what do you do, they say, I am an angel investor. And you said, I work as an angel investor. So do you consider that being an investor, or in your case, an angel, is more of the way you think and feel? Or is it more, you know, work Monday to Friday, nothing personal? Ah, good question, actually. Uh, I do think the term angel investor, it can be, or angel, it, it's something that I would want to redefine in a way, because I try to approach this whole topic from a professional way, how to do angel investing in a professional way, so what uh, I would a, a be able to help the startups. And I want to do it not just as part of my free time, but when I'm, I'm also, at the same time I'm advising, I'm also taking the startup's uh, time, and that's one of the most uh, crucial elements that they have. So I want to do that as professional as possible so that when they, when the startups gives their time to me, I want to be giving value back. So I've been trying to think a lot how to do that advising and uh, angel investor uh, role as professionally as I could. When you talk about professionality, maybe I'm a bit too conservative, but I believe that professionality starts with education. How can one learn to be an angel investor? Ah, that goes. Or maybe it's better if you give your ex- your own example. How did you learn? Yeah, well, uh, that's actually what I've been trying to do the past year now is, uh, of course, being an angel investor, it has some... Uh, requisites uh, or unsaid requisites behind so you have some experience on being some way or another uh, either in uh, directing a corporate or uh, being in business development or then you have been uh, working in startups Uh, but overall the can it start with education well there is no really angel academy or something that you could just go directly uh, after your uh, high school to become an angel investor so not in that type of education but on the other hand it's quite much about what have you been learning from your professional part or uh, professional life so it's you have to have a lot of content behind that you can become an angel investor. Can you tell a bit more about your previous companies? And maybe let's put it this way. 
what kind of learnings you got from your previous companies and your experience as a startup entrepreneur, which you utilize in your angel investment life? 10 or 11 years in startups, so you can guess that there was quite much of stuff there. I, I mean, I know people who work in the same position for all their life, and they still stick to the stuff they got from the uni or from their dad who was mm. their teacher stuff like that and then there are people who you know learn new stuff every day yeah uh, yeah i think uh, i actually well i didn't actually start my first startup and uh why i call it a startup uh, i got my first company as it was a family company and i was first year in my uh, in the university then my father passed away so i became as a surprise as an entrepreneur but that company didn't do so well at that point while well, we knew that uh, the company will go down or is going down and uh, we didn't have that much of thinking of continuing the business mm -hmm. but uh, so we had to actually shut down the uh, my father's business but as I uh, heritage I got the company was doing optical sensors so as a heritage I had a garage full of optical sensors and didn't practically know what to do with them so would I throw them into the garbage or should I try to do something with them and so they were still there in our garage for a year or so and little by little during the uh, university time I started to think about what to do with this but uh, to your question that continuing these uh, things that I learned from the university just doing those I didn't learn enough uh, not at all what to uh, do with the sensors that I had so I had to all the time learn first to actually understand what those sensors are what they are doing but also a lot about business where I could uh, sell this so as I was so junior cutting that I knew that I don't know anything, so I have to learn. And I started, to, uh, that was practically at the start of the learning. Well, I've been always wanting to learn, and uh, I'm not the most likely if that wouldn't happen. I would have been learning a lot or uh, studying a lot at the universities. My father and my brother has a, a double degrees both, so I would be most likely in that part. So the learning is quite natural, but I just took it uh, from the entrepreneur point of view. And also, you kind of mentioned, if I got you right, that being an angel investor is not only about giving the money or not giving the money. It's also about being some kind of a coach, I guess, for a startup. Can you comment on that? Yes, uh, I do think it's in a some way, uh, well, during my uh, entrepreneur time, I was also looking for angel investments. Mm -hmm. But in some way, I do think it's a perverted uh, combination that you put advice and uh, money on the sa uh, same table because uh, well you everybody knows the concept of uh, when you want money you ask for advice and when you want uh, advice you ask ask for money and this is uh, really the problem of uh, if you need both mm -hmm. how do you negotiate that game so it's really unfair from a startup point of view because you don't know at the same time if somebody brings money on the table is he a good advisor And the uh, vice versa, should I uh, take this person's uh, advice at all if he's not bringing the money? So in a way, I do think angel investors are just a patch for something that we are missing from our education. So we don't have startup education as such. Mm -hmm. And uh, well, uh, Business Finland and these are uh, giving grants for the uh, startup part of, part of uh, investing, but we are missing quite a lot of money from the uh, pre-seed seed, uh, level uh, development uh, for companies. So in, in this say. Uh, Angels are just a patch of something missing from the ecosystem. I really hope that our interview will be listened by the two batches of accelerators. I don't know if you heard of it, but we are having two startup uh, mentoring programs running simultaneously at Tribe's premises. So there is Redbrick Accelerator and Nordic Startup School. And I have just learned yesterday that they will have a joint demo day. 
So there will be a super demo day, two batches graduating simultaneously. And of course, on behalf of Trapped Upper Community, I'd like to invite you to this event. Oh. The registration is already open. I think it will be quite interesting. Definitely. So Good to hear. Yeah, you'll, you'll get to see the best startups of the two autumn batches pitching and probably make some interesting connections. By the way, for the guys, hopefully they do listen. I'll talk with the organizers. Say I am a young startup. How do I look for my angel? Uh, good question. And uh, well, uh, when we're in Tampere, that's actually one thing that I want to uh, now start to organize is a little bit more uh, a systematic way or an organization where you could actually look for uh, the angel. So currently there is no uh, organization in Tampere field or a person whom to contact to know who would be a good person here. So that's actually, uh, we have a group here already thinking how to uh, start to make that a little bit more visible here. So hopefully something happening on that uh, during still uh, end of this year. Second, well, in uh, Helsinki, we have this, uh, uh, for example, Finnish Business Angels Association. Mm -hmm. So it's already this type of uh, network, which is making basically the uh, point to first contact to actually get to that network who would be interested. And for our listeners, I'd like to remind them that the interview with Amel Gailey from FIBAN can be heard in one of the previous episodes. So when a startup reaches out to you, what is your criteria? Uh, uh, yeah, um, well, what I've learned from myself nowadays and uh, from most of the angels, we all, all have a sweet spot, uh, meaning that uh, first of all, it's the stage of the startup. So most of uh, us has been have been working, uh, well, there's few of us who have started and uh, made a seed round A, B, and C, and D round and then exited. So there's only a seldom of people or angels who have been able to go from uh, really pre-seed to D round to exit or IPO. Mm -hmm. There's are seldom, but very more often, like like myself, I was uh, I sold both of my company, well, uh, one I sold uh, after pre-seed and one I sold at the end of seed stage. Mm -hmm. So my uh, talent is really on the early part, mm -hmm. but then there's a lot of uh, angels uh, who are working on B or C round uh, companies. Mm -hmm. But one of the importance for me is that the company is in right mm -hmm. stage. But besides besides the stage, is there anything else for a startup which is... What would be your no-go? Still on the uh, stage, uh, what is my no-go is uh, in the idea. So it needs to be late pre-seed to seed level that I would go. So if you're really not yet convinced that you want to do it, so if you're still thinking, are you becoming an entrepreneur or not, that's something that I'm not yet interested in, in that mental development. That's uh, the first criteria for me, that uh, you need to be having enough knowledge that you will uh, make a company out of this. So that men mental set. Then there is, of course, uh, typical angel investors like myself. I invest something that I feel that I'm somehow able to analyze or I'm finding the people who are able to analyze the business and uh, so basically you want to understand what do they sell you uh, yes i and uh more than more than understanding i want to be sure because i don't understand all, all this stuff that happens definitely on the startups what i want to be able to think about is how do i verify this business case or this technology. So I can understand technologies to some bit, but then I always want to understand that, okay, uh, who is the domain expert for this type of technology? What would they say? On the other hand, from the technology point of view, but also from the industry point of view, okay, we are thinking of this type of technology, but if the industry is something like, I have been uh, working in food and beverage uh, processes myself, so I understand those how those function, but if somebody comes to me to explain that we have this innovation to semiconductors mm -hmm. 
I cannot really evaluate, even though if I could go to the technology, I cannot evaluate is there better or how actually the semiconductor factories would work. I have no idea. So then I have to find out, and I will not learn that, but can I find a person who actually says that this is actually a cool thing there so I can be a part of, I don't need to understand everything. So building a startup is a teamwork, but it's also finding the advisors. What I need to have is there that the advisor team is correct. So you need to have experience from developing a startup. You need to have experience from uh, marketing, sales, product development. But the uh, most important thing is that I trust that the not only the startup team has uh, experience, but then when they have gaps and each uh, team has gaps, I need to be able to see that when the investment is happening, they will have advisors for the right things, what they are going to need uh, on the field. The overall team is, of course, what we can build over uh, that uh, startup is important. And then going, of course, something that uh, um, myself I have been doing is uh, optical sensors and uh, software analysis. So that's something that business to business software is something uh, very close to myself. So, of course, I will most more likely read those decks than something which is completely out, out of that field. That was interesting. And I think uh, for the startups who are part of the community, they have learned some from your comments. Right. I think we're good for today. Thank you very much for this interview. Okay. Thank you very much. So today we record one more interview and I have this week, I have three, hopefully I will have three very different guests. Let me introduce to you our dear listeners, Yuho, who is a entrepreneur and also he is a lead of one very interesting project of which he will hopefully tell us more today. So hello, Yuho. Could you please introduce yourself to our listeners before we start talking about your business life? Thanks for the opportunity and... My name is Juho Rissanen, and uh, I'll be talking about uh, Brainstorm Corner. Perhaps a little bit about my background, and uh, I have a long speech prepared. I've studied, uh, worked, and uh, traveled in different countries for the past about 20 years, and worked in different fields like technology, innovation, even tourism, and uh, so Uh, many different kinds of technologies, applications, businesses, and so on, and learned some languages and cultures along the way. Spent a lot of time in Asia, too. So that's some background perspective. And born in Helsinki, but my hometown really is Tampere. So uh, what shall I say? Shall I just go straight into my monologue? Well, yeah, you can. Okay, so what's Brainstorm Corner? Yeah, that that would be my next question, anyways. (laughs) All right. So it's one of the projects I'm currently involved in. Many interesting things happening in the world, as as you know. Some are very scary, some are very depressing. But there's something that's very, I would say, exhilarating, because it's now it's easier than ever, and for mo- more people than ever, to access all kind of resources and ideas and uh, knowledge, and you can reach people, pretty much anybody around the world, instantly. In the beginning, I will make three quotes or paraphrase, actually, two Frenchmen and one Chinese saying. I was hoping to hear two Swedes and one Finn. I don't know, something like that. Okay. So, yeah, it sounds like a beginning of a joke. Maybe it is. But (laughs) the French writer Hugo said uh, something along the lines, what's stronger than anything in the world? Uh, That's an idea whose time has come. There's another Frenchman, Louis Pasteur, who said along the lines that chance favors those who are prepared. And the third one is uh, Chinese saying, uh, 天时地利人和, 
which means uh, when is the right time in heaven and the right conditions on earth and the people are cooperating well, then you will succeed. Okay, so you take these three together, an idea whose time has come and being prepared and waiting for the right moment. So this is basically what uh, Brainstorm Corner is about, to catch the big idea and then look for the right moment and then have the right people cooperating in the right way. So radical ideas, maybe the next big thing, and then find a way to make these ideas into actual projects and, and success stories. Do those so. projects have to be about business or can it be some kind of creative project? Yeah, thanks. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you asked. So there's there's no limit there. So when we do this brainstorming, I like to say there's a method, but there's no limits. So you can take pretty much any topic from a cosmic I don't know, cosmological study, or you can take something really close to you, like what's happening in your daily life, like the price of milk or whatever you have. So we try to get the most diverse topics and the most diverse people and not limit it, the brainstorming, into one very, very narrow topic. And we see when we put these elements together, we shake a little bit and we see what happens, what kind of new interesting connections come and what kind of ideas come. And do you say that you prefer diverse people? Is there any limitation? Um, you already have, have had a few brainstorm corners, right? Yes, about, yes. How often do you have the event? Is it once a month? No? We've had a few times a year. Okay, and you have your own website or do you publish the event on Facebook? How can people find it? Yes, uh, www.brainstormcorner.com. So you can find it there and also eventbrightmeetup.com in various channels. Okay, if you want a diverse audience, you don't stick to, say, only students or only startup people or anybody can come. Anybody can come. Uh, so far... I found that, let me give you some examples. So mm -hmm. lo lots of students, uh, recent graduates, some foreigners in Finland, uh, maybe looking for the thing to, next thing to do. Also some scientists, even uh, big corporation executives uh, have joined, joined the event. So I'm, I'm pretty happy that I think it's, it's a thing that when you make an event like this, it attracts a certain kind of people and those people are generally willing and uh, able to cooperate with with each other. So it makes a nice nice match of diverse people. Okay. Do you have any more comments about your concept? Okay. So if I put it in a nutshell, so brainstorm corner about sense making and coming coming up with uh, new great ideas. So when you brainstorm, you shake things up, you lose a little bit your original coordinates and then you have to look for the new th new coordinates. And while you're looking at things from this new angle, you find new things. And actually, in the end, you get a clearer picture of what's around you and what you than what you started with. And then, yes, yeah, so next events are coming up. You can join the Brainstorm Corner. We work in small groups. You will find a friendly atmosphere, some snacks. And uh, in the end, the end result will be that you've learned something and you have come up with a new idea or a project. And we will put that project into a project plan and then actually start to implement it together. Uh, we may help you find resources for your project. Or then there's another alternative. We wait for the right time and then we start the project. So anyway, um, 
Thanks to Tribecast, Tribe Tampere and Tampere ES and everybody else who's been helping. Yeah, that would be a good reminder for our listeners that I know that Brainstorm Corner cooperates with Tampere ES, right? Get some help from them in organizing. Yes, we've been organizing this year several events together. Okay, so and let me remind our listeners that the interview with Juha Makinen from Tampere ES can be heard in one of the previous episodes. And also, spoiler alert, we have just talked with Tampere ES that they would soon join us again on Tribecast to let us know more about their coming projects. Thank you very much for this interview, Juha. Thank Unless you. you have any comments, I think that was a very good explanation of what Brainstorm Corner is about. And uh, I think I can join the next meeting. Do you think I'll find something for myself as well? I'm sure. Next one is coming up either later this month, October, or early November. So stay tuned. Okay, great. And I really like that you said, if I got you right, after the project is created, also Brainstorm Corner kind of help you create a network so you have some help with the implementation of your project. That's right. Right. Sounds good. Thank you. This is Tribecast. We're still doing episode 36. And our last but not the least guest for this week is a person I was trying to invite for an interview for quite a while. <laughs> we have quite a story. Thank you, Jan, for making it here today. We are coming back to the topic of Red Brick Accelerator, which is running its second batch. So Jan is one of the coaches for this amazing mentoring program. Let me remind our listeners that Red Brick Accelerator is a six-week mentoring program for early-stage startups, right? And this year, they're having a joint super demo day. So Redbrick Accelerated Nordic Startup School will have a joint demo day in the middle of November. It will be an event full of startups and investors and other cool people within the startup ecosystem. So yeah, we have one of the coaches, but let's do it the way we do it at Tribecast. Please tell our listeners a few things about yourself before we go any further. Yes, thanks for having me here. Um, my name is Jan Kreber. I'm, for those who are, who are interested in, I'm a German citizen who moved to Finland. And usually they are asking me, hey, how long have you been living here in Finland? My usual answer is that there are two, two answers to this one. The first one is too long to not speak the language. And the second one is to be a bit more uh, precise, which is then I moved here in 2007. So there you see there are already these two hearts beating in me. One is the engineer who would like to be very precise, very punctual as well very effective and then there is the user experience person who puts things into relationships and um, looks into the no how would i say into the environment or into the context how to place things there okay so what do you do now <laughs> you don't work as an engineer anymore no right? i don't work as an engineer anymore no it's um but i think i still think a lot like an engineer so um or i have have been drilled to think as an engineer and um now moved towards this uh, user experience part, working as an interaction designer, or I, th I would describe myself as an interaction designer, but uh, looking into things from, from an engineering point of view, or having also these these uh, thoughts or processes or structures from, from engineering point of view, so very well-structured, but also trying to understand where things are coming from and uh, how to how to maybe put them into uh, into certain steps or certain processes something what many other people in my area not necessarily so eagerly looking into maybe putting it this way so i wouldn't say that they don't do these things but they have a different different attitude towards let's say processes yes mm -hmm. 
would you address yourself as a UX designer nowadays? Ah, now we are getting into semantics. So um, I think you cannot be a user experience designer. That's the first thing. You can design for the user experience. That's something. Mm -hmm. mm, so that's... Uh, we ha it's funny that we had a similar conversation about being an, or not being or feeling like an angel investor. So, okay, let's get to the <laughs> designer. No, all good. Because uh, it's. I, I think that's a, that's a common mistake, which is... Um, no, not mistake, but maybe misconception or misunderstanding of um, the job I'm, I'm, I'm doing there. And what I see is that there's a lot of change when it comes to, again, semantics or, or description of, of what, what this job position actually is. So I, I think some 10 years ago, people wouldn't have talked about user experience designer. They would have talked maybe about a visual designer, a graphics designer, maybe a web designer. Mm, they might have talked, thought of you as, as um, maybe an interaction designer. And I think that's that, that's basically what it was. But this idea of user experience design, I think, is a pretty new concept. And myself, I'm I'm how to say still reluctant in using this term because it means all and nothing to me, at least. Mm -hmm. And I rather try to be a bit more um, specific and. Um, then the funny part there is that my title, for example, is Chief User Experience Designer. Again, to my understanding, it's a very, very broad field. In return, I think I'm nowadays covering this field. But when, for example, looking for, let's say, co-workers, I want to be much more specific that I'm saying I really want to have that specialist in that area. And I would be very careful in saying I'm looking for a user experience designer. I'm rather looking for, again, for somebody who is really good with creating something visually appealing to my understanding these would be usually they are artists they're really really good with these things and um yes as i said so i think that they are artists whereas the other ones which are rather thinking of uh, them as as interaction designers so they rather should be people who are analytic who can observe what 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 uh, people are doing and putting that into again the context and uh, digest the, the information which they're having and creating something out of that. In my understanding, user experience is also a bit about psychology. Not yes. only putting uh, in the right order, but first of all, understanding how people use it and how people would like to have it or yes. to use it. There, there's a lot of psychology, uh, that, that word, psychology involved. And um, I think it's, um, how to say, it's uh, not a big secret that, for example, one of the godfathers of, of user experience actually should, if you can, there is a, there's a very short and nice video from, from Norman, Don Norman, this way. He has a very short video from um, which has been recorded by Norman Nielsen Group or Nielsen Norman Group, I'm not sure, but nngroup.com, mm -hmm. where they are asking him, hey, could you quickly explain the term uh, user experience because you have been coining it. So that, that, that is the one who is mm -hmm. behind. And um, I think the real, the real beef behind is that it's not only about, uh, hey, I'm, 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 I'm coding here something or I'm showing you my web page or, mm -hmm. or something, but it's, it's basically, he's calling it everything and I think that's basically it. So it's, it's the environment you're in, it's the mood from which you are coming, it's your bias, how you are observing something, how you're interacting with something and how you're leaving the whole scene. So it's, it's not only this single moment you're in, but it's the entire environment, it's the context. So from where you're coming to where you're going. All right. Does this cover your session at the Redbrick Accelerator today? Is it what you're going to talk today? A little bit. So it's at, at least it's making um, references to it. 
And um, the, the session today will be about um, user testing. So, and that's that's a big uh, part of it that you understand what uh, how to say what what people are actually um, up to. So, and there we are coming back again to the psychology. So as well that um, we try to understand why people are doing these things and how much now in our case how much they're actually into this product which we are offering there is there actually a need for them to 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 uh, pay for this product which which I'm offering there or the service which I'm offering there and I would then when when defining these things I would uh, differentiate between a need and a problem again we're, we're talking about semantics and others might see it in a different way mm -hmm. but to me a need is something where I would pay for. I take money into the hand, put it onto the desk, and say, "Look, give me, give me the service, give me the product back," because um, it, in most cases, shortens uh, my time which I have to spend on something, or it make it enables me to do things. Whereas when I'm having a problem, it doesn't mean that I necessarily would take money into the hand to solve the problem. I could leave it un unsolved there. So let's say. A problem could be that that the room I'm sitting in has not the optimum lighting condition. I might say, "Yep, so what? It's I, I leave it as it is. I don't take money into the hand to walk to the switch over there and mm -hmm. switch it on." But um, let's say some certain information, I would pay for that because I wouldn't know how to get it maybe otherwise or how to mm, how to uh, get it fast maybe if I don't pay you for it. And then it's a, that's what I would then see as a need. And I think that's that's one of the essential things what people have to look into. When creating a service or when creating a product, do I uh, solve a need? A need could even be that um, pampering my my ego or or like this this uh, I'm rich button, which has been introduced just when the uh, when iTunes has been launched. So it it could be anything, but the point is somebody is willing to take money into the hand and put it on the desk for an early stage startup. I mean. And uh, is it easier to um, look for an already existing problem and mm. then find a solution to it and sell it? Or is it easier and maybe more useful to kind of create the problem? You know, you don't know that you want it, but we'll tell you that you want it and then we'll yes. sell you it. So if you would ask me now how, well, I have to admit that I never had the, how to say, stamina or the, the, the standing to, to run a, a To bring They call it Sisu here. Right, we are in Finland. You're right. We call it Sisu here. Sisu to 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 uh, get uh, good point. I have to the remember one that American one. guest recently have told me that it's called tenacity. No, I have to remember that one. So it's 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 a good one. Yes, but I, um, myself, I, I just have been coaching here. Um, it basically came from the from the past or from the history when doing coaching for for Nokia. Um, and that basically evolved into into that. If, if you're asking from me, what I would do is basically try to understand if there is a service on the market which is doing, let's say, mediocre, mm -hmm. and, but I see that the uh, interface they're having is basically totally lousy. Mm -hmm. And I would go copy the service, improve it from the user experience point of view, and try to kick them out of the market just by offering a better user experience. That would be basically my my recipe to try as Let's face it. There is not um, when 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 it comes to to services. Many of the things have been developed already. You, uh, the only thing where you can beat them now is actually with the user experience, because in many cases it's still totally underrated or mm -hmm. forgotten. And once you have two things which you compare with each other and they cost the same thing, they offer you the same output, but one of them is much easier to access. You you take the one which is easier to access or which, which you feel more comfortable to access, maybe. Well, in, at least in my understanding, how I feel about that, that sounds pretty reasonable. <laughs> 
Thank you. Thank you for your explanation and thank you for having time for this interview. I mean, we could have talked much more longer because it's a really interesting topic, but let's probably keep it within the time frame of one episode. Thank you very much for having time for this interview. I hope that some of the early stage startups of Tribe community have a time to listen to it because you have given them a bit of practical advice today. I wish you good luck with your session, which starts in some 15 minutes. So let's wrap up at that point. Thank you. Yes. Thanks. This was Tribecast episode 36. Let's continue. Let's get all a nice and relaxing weekend. Listen to Tribecast, follow us on Twitter and stay warm and tuned.